the harshest of operating conditions. Large-scale investment, planning, and commitment places the offshore sector in a league all on its own, where the stories of people aren't found anywhere else. From safety to operations to new technology, we look to break down this often mystified industry and shed light into the unknown. You're listening to the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast with your host, Andy Lash. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast, where we are making waves in the oil and gas industry. Today, we've got a fantastic guest, a very interesting topic, especially for any mariners out there that are listening. Hopefully, we've got plenty of you guys. We've got Dave Abrams with Training Resources Maritime Institute from San Diego, California. Dave, thank you for your time. How are you doing today? Doing great, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How is San Diego today? Is weather nice? Beautiful and sunny as advertised. Chamber of Commerce weather. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, oh, I want to get into uh, to our discussion today. I look forward to, to hearing about everything you've been doing and a little bit about your background and everything. But I want to, of course, give a shout out to our sponsor first. Sponsor of the show is Tidewater. They own and operate the largest fleet of offshore support vessels in the industry today. With over 60 years of experience supporting offshore energy exploration and production activities worldwide. If you're interested in support for your maritime operations, you can learn more about Tidewater through their website at www.tdw.com. As always, I welcome all feedback. If you can like, share, comment, whatever, you know, any kind of feedback for the show, it helps us get better. It helps us reach more of an audience and helps us to continue doing what we're doing. So anything that you want to provide is greatly appreciate. You can also go to the podcast website at oilandgasoffshore.com and you can access the show notes and, and different things there for the show at provide feedback. So awesome. All of that stuff out of the way. Dave, why don't we just start with a little bit about yourself and your background, kind of how you got to where you are in the industry. Sure, sure. So I'm a California, San Diego native, but it took me a long time to get back here. I was born here and and I grew up on the East Coast and grew up around boats, never had one myself, you know, growing up, but had friends and family that had boats. And so I was, was always a fan of the, of the water, the sea, just from an early, from a very young age. Ended up going to, going to school on an ROTC scholarship and, and joined the Navy and, and spent about five years, almost six years of active duty in, in the Navy and went into the world of mergers and acquisitions after that. And became a turnaround guy, working in a in a variety of industries. I did that for about twenty five years or so, and retired, and decided to do something I always dreamed about doing: uh, taking a boat and going on some some long range cruising. And and did that for about eighteen months, off and on different different places, working on the boat and, and actually doing some cruising. But after about eighteen months or so, I got kind of got bored and decided I wanted to, to go back to the working world and do another deal, as they say, but always wanted to do something in the maritime industry. Just always, you know, loved the sea and over the years had, had looked for stuff and never found something that fit. But as I was doing my search, I was, I was reflecting back on, on some of my own experiences and, you know, for inspiration. And I had gotten my hundred ton license in the process of, of this cruising adventure just to be a better mariner. Not that I was going to you know, get paid to go on a sea. And it was a great experience. Went to a little school called Maritime Institute here in San Diego. So when I was ready to go back and 
do something after throwing a lot of ideas out, I thought, gosh, you know, I remember I went to that little school in San Diego and, and the owner said something about retirement. I should just call him back up. And, and I did. And I called, uh, called the owner of Maritime Institute and I told him who I was. And I asked him if he remembered uh, us having a conversation and if he mentioned something about retirement and if he was serious. And, you know, that led to a meeting in person. And, and then interestingly enough, he introduced me to the other Maritime school in town. It's called Training Resources Limited. And so, you know, in process of wanting to get to know the industry, I, I went over and met with the folks, the founders at, at Training Resources. And it turns out one of the one of the founders of Training Resources was my old boss in the Navy. <laughs> and so we had a great reunion. And unfortunately, he had some real health challenges and was thinking about, you know, what he would do next steps. And so timing just worked out. I ended up uh, acquiring uh, Training Resources and about two weeks later, acquired Maritime Institute and uh, put them together and into one great facility that we have here in San Diego. And here we are now. Awesome. Awesome. So does that leave you as the the sole uh, Mariner training facility there in San Diego? We are the sole Mariner training facility in San Diego. We're the largest on the on the West Coast. And we're really the only source for a lot of the training that we do on the West Coast. There are a number of other good facilities out here in the West Coast, but none with really the breadth of capabilities that we have. Awesome. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit before the the actual recording started and about how I was telling you I've got another guest coming on in the next few weeks from Cal Maritime. And and to me, as kind of an outsider to the industry of sorts, I mean, it sounds like those might be very similar things, but but you guys are, are really going after two very different parts of the industry with what you're offering, right? Yeah, we, we are. You know, Cal Maritime does a great job. It's, it's a really good institution. But their main mission, their primary focus is undergraduate education. They are, they are a degree-granting institution, and their focus is on training cadets, four-year program, and getting those cadets ready for, for careers, both on ships, but mostly not. Mostly, uh, most of their cadets you know, seek careers in the maritime industry or in other industries, smaller percentage actually, you know, get careers at sea. Our focus is is really on continuing education. Cal Maritime has a small continuing education program, but that's all we do is continuing education. So we help folks that are, you know, looking to advance their careers, help them get the certificates that we need, help them with the, the credentialing process to, to get those certifications, maintain those certifications. And for us, it's really about supporting the existing mariners, also helping mariners that are looking to break into the business kind of at the ground floor, get their basic training elements out of the way so they, they can work in, in the maritime industry. And I'd say if I, if I were to look at our balance, we do more unlicensed training, more training for unlicensed mariners than for licensed mariners, whereas Cal Maritime is really focused on you know, churning out licensed mariners. Okay. Now, you know, kind of back to where you started part of your story with you going to school to get your 100 ton license that's more of a for your use that was a a recreational license or a, a civilian license whereas you have most of your students coming in to get into the actual commercial and industrial application side of things yeah, and actually the license i got is a commercial license so i could you know in theory you know take my license and take on paying passengers or cargo you know on on the appropriate vessel so Coast Guard actually starts license credential licenses down as low as 25 tons and and then goes up you know from there up to you know unlimited tonnage but most of what we do is with the commercial 
mariner, so folks that are they're earning a living on ships, either carrying cargo or, or carrying passengers. Although we do get recreational mariners that are, you know, kind of like me, want to want to learn more. And and actually, we're, we're starting a whole new division called Boater U that's launching here in September. That's going to focus just on the recreational mariner. And the real difference, you know, is that for recreational mariners in a lot of states don't require anything, you know, to operate a vessel other than a, you know, a checkbook. There are some states like here in California that require mariners, boaters to have, you know, a basic boater education card, which means you took a, you know, a three-hour online course. So you understand, you know, the very basics of, of boating safety. But that's about it, you know, for recreational mariner in terms of what's required to be a boater. For, you know, commercial mariners, you know, the requirements are much more demanding. As you would expect, if you're carrying people or cargo for hire, there's a much more rigorous process that, uh, that people have to go through and, and much more you know, detailed training, involved training that they have to go through, including, you know, very hands-on training. So it's not just, you know, reading books or doing online classes. It's, it's actually, you know, doing the things that they will be doing on board the vessels. Okay. That clears it up a lot for me there. With the continual education for, for mariners, what are the big categories of training that, you know, you really have to focus on and, and, and maybe what are some of those requirements that mandate that continual education that you guys are offering? Sure. So, you know, we can we can break mariners down really into into two buckets. There's deck licenses and engineering licenses, and and other than some very basic safety training, actually a, a course called basic training, which is part of the STCW standards for training, certification, and watchkeeping, which is a standard put together by the International Maritime Organization (IMO) and the IMO's STCW convention of which the United States is a signatory, along with many, many, many other countries around the world, kind of sets the standards for training for different roles on vessels. And you know, without getting you know, too, too detailed, mariners that are sailing on vessels within the United States meet Coast Guard regulations. If they're taking a vessel and they're going outside of U.S. waters, they also have to meet all of the STCW, the IMO, the international regulations. And so we do both here. We do both U.S. Coast Guard and STCW training for both engineering and deck requirements. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, it's something that, I've, you know, it gets to be so many different facets to it, right? Just like you in the short explanation about, you know, within U.S. waters and international waters and how all the, the licensing and, and everything can change so quickly. I mean, I, I go back to the very first interview I did for this podcast, which was with a, a heli- helicopter underwater egress training facility there in Houston. And they had much the same thing. I'd ask one question and there's a you know three or four different, well, if you work in this part of the country or this part of the country, you know, it changes so dramatically. And all of that's got to become somewhat cumbersome and hard to track. How how do mariners today really make sure that they are up to speed on their licenses and their training? I mean, it sounds daunting to me as a again as an outsider to some degree. Yeah, but it and it can be. I mean, these codes, code sections, you know, that are written, you know, in, in government publications. You know, they're they're not written so that the average Joe off the street can 
can understand what's going on. You know, they're written right. in government speak. And so you either have to, you know, your, your choices are, are really two. You can, you can either really understand, study the requirements and understand those requirements, you know, and, and spend the time digging into the sections of the code or in going on to the National Maritime Center and working on their website. And, and they're good folks and they really want to help. You know, they really want to try and make it make it easy. So you can, you know, approach the National Maritime Center and, and ask them questions. But, you know, the other choice is to, you know, come to an institution like ours and, you know, and, and we have folks that, you know, kind of this is our bread and butter is really understanding those rules, understanding the requirements, understanding what training needs to be done, how often needs to be done, how often it needs to be done, or how often it needs to be repeated for the job that the mariner is doing, or at least for the job that they tell us they want to do, because there are, you know, there are varying requirements depending on what type of vessel the mariner is going to be on and where that vessel is going to go. And so it can be daunting because the requirements do change and we try and, and keep our students apprised of all the changes, broadcasting those on our news channels and social media, et cetera. But the big thing is that we have the credential specialists here on staff that, that keep track of that stuff. And, and we, we provide that as a service to our, our students that want help with maintaining their credentials. The other thing that we're going to be doing, which is really kind of cool, I think, because I saw this, Andy, you know, this this process of maintaining your credentials and, and having, you know, some experiences with customers, customers of ours that were shipping companies that had people that they wanted to get them on a ship. And then they come to realize that the Mariner didn't have a current certificate for something that they needed to be able to go sailing. And now they've got a, a hole in their manning bill and you know, it can be it can be a real real nightmare. It can keep a ship from going to, going to sea, and so we decided we'd work on solving that problem, or at least helping to solve the problem, by creating an app. And we have one coming out here in in just a few more weeks. It's called Seaminder, and what Seaminder is going to do is track for free. This is a free service we're going to provide to mariners. Track all of their sea time and all of their credentials, and then the app will provide the mariner with reminders and the mariner can set when they want the reminders to happen but it will give them reminders of hey your you know your advanced firefighting certificate is going to expire or your you need a basic training renewal or your license your credential itself is coming up for renewal so they can load up all those documents into the app so they have electronic copies of all the documents and then they'll be able to report on on the documents that the app will, will give them those the reminders. They'll be able to track all the vessels they've served on, all the masters they've served with, list all the seed time, and then be able to output that. So when they go to, to renew their license, they've got a record there, or at least a backup if they're maintaining it some other way. They'll have a, a record there of where they spent uh, time at sea. And that, I mean, that sounds to me a little bit kind of like the FAA, like pilots and DOT drivers and, and many different roles, you know, they have these duty service hour requirements and limitations and, and, you know, you can only work so many hours for this long. And do Mariners have much of the same kind of requirements placed upon them? Is, is that why tracking all of the vessels and the masters and your time at sea is, is so, so valuable to have correct? So yes and no. So yes, there is a requirement for like pilots, you know, a Mariner can only work so many hours, the CFR you know, and I don't think we want to get into quoting CFR sections, but you're, if you're interested, it's 46 CFR 
15.1111 would outlines the work hours and rest periods and all that. But that's really not the purpose of sea time tracking. The purpose of sea time tracking is when you go to renew your license, the Coast Guard wants to know, you know, if I'm I'm going to renew my license or I'm going to renew a certification and I need to prove that I've had so much time at sea because a lot of certifications it's not just having the course in order to get the next rating or next upgrade you need to show that, or even to renew the license you need to show that you have had you've spent a certain amount of time at sea days at sea and you have to be able to prove that and there's a form that you have to submit to the coast guard a sea service record form and on the form it asks you what vessels did you serve you know each month you know how many days were you at sea what vessels were you on what was your position on the vessel and if you didn't own the vessel, if you were on someone else's vessel or working, then that master has to sign off on the sea time. So the, the purpose of this sea time tracker is really just a memory jogger or a data book, if you will, so that you know as mariners are filling out those sea service forms, they've got the record right there in front of them where they've recorded their sea time and, and can now just you know transpose the information into the application that's going to go to the Coast Guard or, you know, provide us with the information so we can fill out the forms for them. Yeah, no, that sounds extremely useful. So, I mean, that would that would make it much, much easier to track all that stuff, the vital information that you need to maintain your job and your livelihood. So sounds like a, a fantastic tool you guys are offering the public. Do you see this becoming something that where you know, maybe, maybe employ like Mariner employers are going to be kind of mandating it and, and requiring their crews to track it. And, or is it just something for the, each individual Mariner to kind of use themselves? You know, I, I, I think there's both, you know, we're doing it for the Mariner and to make it easy, just to give them a tool to, to solve a problem, you know, not being completely altruistic. You know, we, we also want to remind Mariners when it's time to come to class. You know, hey, yeah, uh, you know, your your advanced firefighting certificate's going to expire, and oh, oh, by the way, you know, here are the next dates for our advanced firefighting class. So, you know, we certainly want to, you know, give mariners a tool to use, and and then hopefully they choose to come to class with us if if it works out for them. But yes, you know, it's also a tool because we'll have the data. It's a tool that if the companies if the mariner tells us what company they're working for and there's a place in their profile that they can tell us what company there's they're working for if that company if the mariner released the information the company wants us to give them a report and say hey here's the status of all your mariners you know where they are with their training certifications so you know who is ready to go to sea we could also provide that data to the shipping company or, or to the vessel operator fantastic no that that's an awesome tool so kudos to you guys for for seeing the need and and putting it together. And now it's not out as as of today. It's not out yet, but it's on the very short horizon. Could be by the time maybe this comes out in within a week or so. Today's the July twentieth. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm expecting it to be out in August. We start beta testing end of this week. You know, we've been I've been monitoring the progress all along. Been looking at looking at the app every week. We're getting really close. So if fingers crossed, beta testing goes well. We'll have the app ready to launch in early August. Awesome, awesome. That's really cool. By the way, Andy, I was going to say that it is going to be available for download in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Oh, perfect. And again, the name of the app is Seaminder, 
S-E-A-M-I-N-D-E-R, C-Minder. C-Minder. Oh, straightforward. That sounds sounds good. So with all the courses you guys offer, what are what are your biggest courses or you know your your most highly attended courses that you offer you know there are there are a number of them we we offer over over 80 different courses but there are there are some that you know people have to take the you know the periodicity on them is such that they're reoccurring you have to get uh, recertified so we get a lot of demand on on our basic training and our basic training revalidation and our advanced firefighting and advanced firefighting revalidation. We do a lot of work with military seal of command and the military seal of command contractors. So all of the courses that are required for people that are going to work on, on government vessels, those are pretty big courses for us. We do small arms training and damage control training and a number of different uh, courses that are required for service. If if you want to work on a, on a U.S. government vessel. Those are big ones for us. We do a lot of vessels, a lot of courses, you know, looking at the other end of the spectrum. We train a lot of folks at, in, in 100 ton and 200 ton, up to 500 ton uh, licenses. Folks that are looking to, you know, kind of move up and you know, run their own run their own vessel, whether it's a you know, charter vessel or a ferry boat or a harbor cruise or, you know, their own fishing boat, a lot of different vessels. You know, you look at a, a hundred tons, uh, you know, it's a hundred tons of, depending on how the vessel's configured, you know, that could be a, you know, hundred plus foot vessel. So a lot of folks can fall within a, a hundred ton license for working at sea. And certainly, you know, under 200 tons really opens it up. So we do a fair amount of folks in that area of licensing, as well as, you know, the continuing education courses. Sure. No, that that's great. Everything going on in the world. How has uh, the COVID-19 situation and, and and that whole pandemic affected you guys so far so far there at the at your facility? You know, it's it's been tough. You know, the, we've been working almost the whole time. It was, you know, kind of a funny story when in March, March 18th, when Governor Newsom here in California said, "All right, everybody's got to shut down, you know, unless you're part of the critical infrastructure." Well, you know, didn't even know who fit that category, so I went scrambling to the to the Navy because we do a lot of training for the Navy, and went scrambling the Navy and hey, say you know, will somebody please give me a little air cover here and tell me that I'm part of the critical infrastructure? Well, on a Friday afternoon, you know, forget it. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't find anybody. 18th was a Thursday night. The order came out Friday. I couldn't get anybody who was willing to raise their hand and and say yes. You know, put it in writing. You're part of the critical infrastructure. So we had to shut down. Now we shut down the company and sent everybody home. Sent all the students, even if they were in the middle of classes. You know, sent all the students home. Sent all of our instructors home. And that following Tuesday, it took till Tuesday morning. We get a note, an email from the Navy saying, "Oh, you're part of the critical infrastructure. Open back up." <laughs> <laughs> like, great, thanks, guys. That would have been great to know on Friday. <laughs> so we ended up we had to shut down for a couple of weeks, and which was good anyway. We we did a, a thorough sanitation of the facility, and, and we put a lot of uh, precautionary measures in place so that we could operate a safe institution. And, and we've been operating ever since. So we've been operating since you know, early April under this new COVID regime, and it's been challenging. You know, a, a large number of our students, large population of our students, I, I think about seventy percent of our students actually fly in for training, you know, from other places. And so travel was was a big challenge for us, you know, getting people, you know, in to train. And so, you know, April, May were, were kind of ugly. June was was a lot better. 
and then the second challenge we had is, you know, the Coast Guard and, and rightfully so, you know, extended everybody's credentials. And so if you had credentials that were expiring in July, well, now they don't expire until December. And so people being people, you know, you're going to fight the fire that's closest to burning is. So if now all yeah. of a sudden you don't have to have to get that credential done, you know, until December while well, you're not coming to school in July. Some folks are, but so, you know, it's put a little bit of, little bit of damper, but we're training, we're investing. So, you know, we're, we took this opportunity to enhance some of our training facilities, you know, put in a new lifeboat Davit trainer and did a lot of things on course enhancements. I got some new courses on the docket, worked on a, on a new fire fighting simulator, multi-story ship trainer that we're putting together. So, you know, took the slowdown opportunity to get some enhancements that you know, will really benefit us and our students, you know, going forward that, you know, it's hard to, hard to get those things executed when you're running a full class schedule. So, you know, I'll, I'll be the glass half full guy and said, you know, the slowdown was, was good. We were able to get a lot of things done, but I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> but no, that that's the best way to look at it. It sounds like you guys have been very productive through everything going on. So that's, uh, you know, can't hope for anything more than that. Yeah. With what you guys are doing, of, of course, you, you've got your app and, and it sounds like you're doing a ton of stuff there already. But how do you see, how do you, see your, you guys setting yourself apart from other training facilities throughout the U.S. and, and really globally, it sounds like? Yeah, you know, there, are, there are a lot of really good schools out there, but I think really there are kind of four areas that, that set us apart. One is just our breadth of courses. You know, we, we offer a lot more courses than, than the average institution. Certainly the quality of our facilities, we have a new training center was built in 2017. So you know, oh, nice. great, you know, almost brand new facilities and, and then a real investment in hands-on training Nobody likes death by PowerPoint and, you know, and, and, you know, especially, you know, Mariners chose the job they chose because they like, you know, to be out there doing things and working with their hands and not just, you know, sitting in a, in a classroom filling out paperwork. So we really try and emphasize hands-on training and experiential training and, and, and making it informative, but also, you know, making it fun and, and interesting. We are not a certificate mill, you know, for the for the folks that, you know, think that they might come to school and it's just a easy, you know, easy trainer and, you know, they're, and we're going to punch their ticket. That's you know, not at all how, how we operate. You know, our, my philosophy is that, you know, if we do our jobs well, people will pass the exams, but our job is to impart knowledge, to give them the, the tools they need to be successful in, in the roles that they're going to serve on, but also to teach them how to be safe. You know, it can be a dangerous world out there, out at sea, and and we're all mariners. So all of us that are you know involved in in instruction, we're all mariners, and so we know what it's like. And so you know, part of our mission is to make sure that everybody you know understands how to do the jobs that we're training them to do, how how to do those roles safely. And if we do our jobs really well, you know, people don't go, don't get hurt out there. So that focus, that mission focus on safety. And on delivering knowledge and not just, you know, teaching people how to pass exams, I, I think is, sets us a little bit apart. But you know, really the biggest thing, though, is really our instructors. I mean, our instructors are just amazing. We recruit mostly veterans. Most of our instructors are, are Navy veterans who have retired from the Navy and, and have at least, you know, 20 plus years of experience, you know, in their fields as, as subject matter experts. We also have civilian government service folks. We've got a couple of folks from the Border Patrol that teach in our weapons program, and we have 
fire captain, you know, teaching in, in firefighting and, and police SWAT team officers, retired SWAT team officers teaching in our, in our weapons programs. And along with, you know, Navy captains and, and merchant captains, guys who have been out there doing it for decades. And the part of learning, you know, there's the material that you find up there in the PowerPoint, you know, there's the material in the, in the textbook, but a big part of learning is storytelling. And it's those shared experiences and having people that have those breadth of experiences where they can share personal anecdotes of, of the things that they're teaching. People remember those. They remember stories. And that really, I think, enhances the educational experience and keeps people engaged and interested. So it's not just somebody reading out of a textbook or reading off a PowerPoint a, a slide. It's you know having people, having the students engaged in listening to stories and sharing their own stories. A lot of our students you know, come with a, a great deal of their own stories. And so we want to, we want to hear those and want the, those to be shared. So it's, I think, our instructors and, and our approach to learning that really, really sets us apart. Yeah, and I can, I can hear your you know, your drive, I can hear your, you know, pride in what you guys are doing. And I'm sure that that, you know, it drives from the top down, right? So I'm sure that permeates through, through all of your instructors and just everything you guys are doing. So that that's fantastic. Now you kind of led right into my, my last question for you. Do you, do you have a favorite student success story or, or, you know, just, do you have one of those stories? I know we're getting a little long on the time for, for this, but Anything you wanted to share there? Yeah, you know, I, I've got a, I've got a quick one. It's kind of a, kind of a funny one. Uh, very, very personal to me. So, I've got a boat. And I've got my own boat, and I had a detailing service. You know, that washes the boat down and waxes it periodically. And and the guy that ran the detailing company was a, a really nice guy, but he wanted to get his captain's license and go off and and do other things other than just cleaning other people's boats. He wanted to go run his own boat, and so he he learned about the school and from me and came and he got his captain's license and it's great. He's having a, he's having a great time, but I lost him as my detail, my boat detailing <laughs> guy because he's, uh, he's doing so well. He's so busy, you know, driving, driving boats for other, for other people and out there working as a, as a licensed captain that he doesn't have any time to clean my boat anymore. So, <laughs> so that is a good story. That's yeah, fun. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I greatly appreciate your time. It's been fantastic talking with you. Is there anything you want else you wanted to get out to the audience that, that we didn't get to touch on? Or, or maybe if you want to share any contact information for you and for your institute? Absolutely. So a lot of our information is on online. Our, our website is pretty easy. It's www.trlmi.com, Tango Romeo Lima Mike India. Dot com. I got really creative when I renamed, I bought the Training Resources Limited and Maritime <laughs> yeah. Institute, put them together, renamed them Training Resources Maritime Institute. Uh, <laughs> it would have been TRMI, but somebody already had that domain name. So, so TRLMI is how you, how you find out about all we do. Our folks up at Student Services are great about answering questions. So if you feel free to call or send us an email at info at trlmi.com and we're happy to answer questions. We're all about the Mariner, making sure that they get what they need to, to get their job done and, and to advance in their careers. So I really appreciate you letting me on today, Andy, and giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience. And, and if folks have any questions about training, about certifications, about career opportunities, we work a lot with some of the shipping companies. Military Seals Command is a big recruiter here. So if folks are looking for career opportunities, 
we're happy to put them together with some of the folks that we know that are looking for for people. So we do have a jobs board on our website as well. So thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate allowing me to speak to everybody. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening in. Again, if you can share any thoughts, feedback, comment, share the episodes, wherever you might receive this content, we greatly appreciate it. And we will catch you on the next one. Here are our events on deck. Hey, everybody, Alex here with the events on deck. So due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in-person events. So I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on. But we have been hosting some virtual events. So OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc. during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering. It has been free. We want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home. So please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events. We are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound. Tune in next week for another episode of the Oil & Gas Offshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasoffshore.com.